So, uh, we're on the fourth week of our sermon series here at Trinity, uh, called The Trinity Way, and we're looking at the eight trademarks of Trinity Church. Last week we talked about the trademark called Jesus is the Center, and this week we're going to, it's, it's like an extension of that, um, very much tied to last week's uh, trademark, <clears throat> because if we're a church that, make, that says Jesus is the center, then the things that Jesus did and the things that Jesus said are very important, and we need to take them into consideration and make them front and center as well. So our fourth trademark is called the big picture. Trinity is a church that looks at the big picture. What do I mean by that? Well, the big picture is based on the ministry of Jesus Christ. And we can pinpoint what this is in the passage found in Luke chapter 4, verse 42 to 43, where it says this. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. I'm going to read that last verse again. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Right there, Jesus gave us the purpose of why He was sent. Why Jesus was sent. To preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Or the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, today we might ask the question, why did Jesus come to the earth? Why did He come? We can have several answers. Jesus came. The Bible says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why Jesus came. Scripture also says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That's why Jesus came. In fact, in that same passage, it said, the Son of Man came to give His life as a ransom for many. And based on these answers, we define the word gospel in several ways. We say that the gospel is the good news. That God has a wonderful plan for your life. We say that the gospel is the good news. That you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can say that the gospel is the good news that Jesus died for your sin. And that through Him, your sins can be forgiven. We say these things are the gospel. But the truth is, these are not the gospel. What? Did James just say that? Before I go further, let me, let me just say how important those things are. Those are benefits of the gospel. It brings forth those things. The gospel brings forth those things. Experiencing the powerful love of God, experiencing the abundant life of God is a benefit of the gospel. 
It's a benefit. Having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He walks with me, talks with me. Listen, that is a benefit of the gospel. Being forgiven of our sins, set free from the tyranny of sin and death. Huge, huge benefit of the gospel. Those are benefits of the gospel. But the gospel is not these things. The gospel brings forth these things. The gospel that Jesus preached, the gospel of the kingdom, it encompasses those things. So what is the gospel of the kingdom? What is that? Well, for starters, we have to look at what the word gospel means. What does the word gospel mean? Now, the word gospel is derived from the old English word Godspell, which means good news. means good news. Now, in the Greek, the word for good news is euangelion. Let me hear you say euangelion. Okay. Euangelion. That's the word that is, that is translated good news. Now, in the Roman Empire, this word was used frequently. The Romans used this word. When Rome entered a territory and took over that territory, afterwards they would send a messenger into that town with the euangelion of Caesar. Folks, guess what? There's a new boss in town. This is the euangelion. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Caesar is Lord now. You're no longer under the tyranny of the past emperor. Caesar's boss. Caesar is Lord. It's good news. That's what that word was used for in the New Testament time. So in basic terms, the word gospel is news about something happening. Something happened. Just like when we browse the internet. You can go on CNN.com, MSNBC, Fox News, CTV, CTV Kitchener. You can go online to find out what's happened. Right? You find out the news. Something happened. You can open the newspaper. Waterloo Record, The Observer, The Chronicle, Toronto Star, National Post, whatever. Right? You open it up, you read it. News! Something happened! You find out what happens. Turn on the TV, go to the news, to find out what happened. That is what the word gospel is about. Only gospel means good news. Good news. Not just regular news or boring news or bad news. It means good news. The Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> My goodness. They took the AL East. First time in, since what, 1993? Folks, that's good news. That is extraordinary news. What happens when you hear that news? Something happens, and you have to share it. The Jays took the AL East. Woo! Right? How many million new, you know, how many new fans are there of, of the Blue Jays now? I am. I'm one of those. Last year, I didn't know any, anything about the Blue Jays. I didn't know who Edwin Encarnacion was. I have no idea who Edwin Encarnacion was. Okay? Now, I'm like Edwin Encarnacion fan, man. I love that guy. Wow! Right? Good news. Something happened. And when you hear it, you share it. You spread it. 
You do what comes naturally to you. Something stirs within you, so you go tell it to someone so that it would stir in them as well. That is the nature of good news. John Piper, in his sermon at this last Passion Conference, he said something so profound, it rocks me to this day when I hear it. He said this, Christianity is the only religion, the only movement in the world that is created by and sustained by news. Wow. I had to think about that a couple times, but then I was like, wow. Christianity is the only religion, the only movement in the world that is created by and sustained by news. News. Something happened. Now John Piper says that, but what does the Bible say about that? Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 says this, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 to 11, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love that verse. It reminds me of Christmas. I can't wait till Christmas, to be honest. Oh, man. Anyway, totally, totally aside. News. Something happened. And this something that happened is the work of God. God did it. He broke onto the scene. And the news of God breaking in has been spreading and spreading and spreading for 2,000 years. And it continues to do so. It continues. We say, there it is. It happened. We say, look, there it is. It happened. It happened again. There it is. It happened again. It keeps happening What keeps happening? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God breaks in. The kingdom of God is the thread that weaves through the entire Bible. From the Old Testament right through into the New Testament. It connects the two and is the overarching vision of both kingdom of God. And so to describe the kingdom of God, I want to take us back to the book of Genesis. And I'm going to look at the first verse of Genesis 1 and the first verse of Genesis 2. Now before I read those verses, I just want to remind us of something, is that we need to try to read the scripture with ancient Near Eastern glasses. Okay? There's something very important that we need to understand about the Bible. It is an ancient text. The Bible, although it was written for us, it was written for us. But it wasn't written to us. It was written to a people in a time, and we need to understand what they heard in order to better understand what God is saying to us now. 
Okay, and so I just want to say that before I read Genesis 1, verse 1, and Genesis 2, verse 1. So Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This verse is telling us what God did. It's telling us what He did. He created the heavens, created the earth, and when you read on in Genesis 1, it continues to tell us what God did. Now, in Genesis 2... So here's Genesis 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Now, again, in our 21st century perspective, we read this and say, this is also talking about what God did. Okay? God finished his work, and he rested. Right? That's what he did. Now, In the ancient Near Eastern culture, when they read this, or when they heard this, not only were they hearing what God did, they heard why God did it. The ancient Near Eastern culture would have heard Genesis 2, verse 1 and 2, and said, Aha! That's why God created the heavens and the earth. Tells us why He did it. So, why did he do it? You see, in the ancient world, gods rested in temples. And so, what this is saying is, the heavens and the earth is God's temple. This is where God rests. That's why he created the heavens and the earth. So that he could rest in it. This is his temple. Now, temples were not just places where God's rested. It's not a lazy boy, just this. Okay? This was also the place where God's ran things from. It was their central command center. That's why temples were built. And so what the, the writer of Genesis is saying is this. Listen, that God created all of this and he runs things from here. This is his temple. God's rule and reign is here. This is his central command center. That's what it's saying. That's what this is all about. The heavens and the earth is the place where God runs everything. God's rule and reign is here. Now, when we read Genesis 1, towards the end there, it says that God extends that rule and reign to Adam and Eve. He extends it. He says, have dominion over the fish and the birds and every living thing that's on the earth. Have dominion over it and subdue it. In other words, extend my rule and reign here. God's rule and reign was extended through humanity. Why he chose to do that, I'm not sure entirely. We can speculate forever till we're blue in the face, but that's how God chose to do it. He created everything so that this place, all of this would be where he would rest and rule. And he extends it through human beings. And this extension of the rule and reign of God is called the kingdom of God. Now, unfortunately, we read Genesis 3. Adam and Eve, they mess things up. And in Genesis 3, we read of the fall. Creation is now broken. 
It's broken. And the kingdom of darkness came upon the earth and sin and death enslaved humanity. Every religion in the world knows this. Every single one of them knows that there's something wrong with this world. There's something wrong. And it's the problem of evil. Every religion knows. And, and these religions, they have a way to deal with it. And their solution is, do your best to overcome the problem of evil. Do your best. Yes, it's a problem. But live good. That's the solution. Christianity is different. It is the only religion, the only movement that says, something happened. Something happened. God did it. It wasn't something that you or I did. God did it. God broke into the scene. He did it. And He sent Jesus to live the life that we were designed to live. He sent Jesus to suffer the consequences of sin that we were destined to suffer. He sent Jesus so that He could rise from the grave to give us the hope of resurrection and eternal life. And it is through Him that we can be set free from the tyranny of sin and death. The curse that held humanity in bondage has now been disarmed. Let me say that again. The curse that held humanity in bondage has now been disarmed. And the kingdom of God keeps setting people free. Keeps setting people free. And the more people are set free, the more the kingdom is established on the earth, more and more and more. And that is the original plan of God. That is what He made this earth to be. Where God's rule and reign would be on the earth, together with humanity, without the enslavement of sin and death, without the rule of Satan, totally gone. That's God's original plan. Without the consequences of the fall. And you see, the total culmination of this kingdom is found in Revelation 21, verse 3 to 4. This is what it says. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. This is the new heaven This is the kingdom of God. And the news that Jesus preached this kingdom, the news that Jesus preached is that this kingdom is here now. Right now. Breaking in. Right now. So the gospel of the kingdom of God is the good news that God's rule and reign 
God's victory over the powers of this world is here now, right now. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. The new has come. This is why we hear stories of people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. Once they experience the kingdom of God, they're set free. Now, I just want to make this exclaim, this point that not all experience this. Now, I used to work at Ray of Hope. I remember hearing a testimony of a person who um, they were severely addicted to drugs. But once they you know, accepted Jesus, once they came into the kingdom of God, that, it just fell away. The cravings, the, the, the grip of that addiction was done, gone, just like that. But there are others that I know that it's not just like that. It's incremental. It takes time, sometimes years. So I'm not saying that all... Uh, Everyone should experience this. Sometimes it's a battle. I just want to make that acknowledgement. But I know, personally, I know people, even in this church, who've been totally set free by the kingdom of God, no longer bound by those things, giving glory to God, because he took it away. Why? What does that mean? That means the kingdom of God just broke into their lives. That's what that means. That's why when we hear stories of people after receiving prayer, you know, they were... were, uh, you know, their bodies were in need of healing of some sort. Suddenly, they get healed in Jesus' name. That's the kingdom of God breaking in. But most importantly, church, we hear stories of people who once, it's like scales were over their eyes. They could not see the glory of, and majesty of Christ. They couldn't see it. Suddenly, they hear the good news. And those scales fall off and they see Jesus for who He is. That's such a powerful miracle when God invades the heart of a lost soul and turns them totally around and makes them new. Greatest miracle. You know how hard it is to change somebody's mind? Oh my, it's very, very difficult, okay? But man, when God does that, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. And what happens to that person? Once they taste and see that the Lord is good, once they experience the kingdom of God, what happens? They herald it. They share it. Something happened. Something happened to me. He changed me. God changed me. They share it and shout and sing. She can't help but do that. This is the good news of the kingdom. God broke in and rescued me. It is more than just a statement of beliefs. It's more than just spiritual laws. Although those things are good, I'm not saying they're bad. They're right. It's based on truth. But the kingdom of God is far beyond that. It is news that God did something to make everything new. That's the gospel of the kingdom. And you see, the gospel of the kingdom isn't just something that happens to you once. It's not something that happened years ago and that's it and you leave it there. 
The gospel of the kingdom is news about God continually breaking in and rescuing me more and more, taking me from glory to glory daily, daily. It happens every day. You see, if the gospel was just, and I say this carefully, because I understand how crucial it is that Jesus Christ came and died for our sin. It's crucial. Please don't hear me wrong. There's no other way for humanity to be saved. There's no way. Jesus is the only way. Without the death and resurrection of Jesus, none of this would be possible. So please don't hear me wrong. But if the gospel of the kingdom was only about that time, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, of when I repented of my sin and accepted Jesus as my Savior and became a Christian, if that's what the gospel is totally, then the news is in the past. It stays there. And it becomes old news. What happens to old news? You forget it. Right? You forget it. And so we need to come up with ways to share that old news again. We theologize. We make systematic patterns of ways to share. Again, I'm not saying it's totally wrong. I'm just saying that's what we have to do, right? Come up with new tracks and booklets. Now, again, not that that's bad. I'm just saying that, that we've got to try to figure out ways to make old news new again. And you know what? That's what happens. And you know what the greater tragedy is? The people of God, they stop sharing the news. That's the biggest tragedy if it's just what God did 30 years ago. We stop sharing the news. It's no longer something we automatically herald. Please don't get me wrong. It's huge, the fact that Jesus died for our sin. It's so huge. And the soul that experiences freedom from the tyranny of sin and death nothing like it. But church, the gospel of the kingdom is good news that God continues to do this in my life daily. He's setting me free now. He's setting us free now. That's the gospel. So I have a question for you. How is the kingdom of God breaking into your life today? How is it breaking into your life today? See, at Trinity, when we mean that we are about the big picture, what we're saying is this. We are about discovering God's kingdom breaking into our lives morning after morning, day after day, so that we would be so altered by it that we can't help but proclaim it. Shout it from the mountains that Jesus Christ is Lord over these areas in my life. That is the gospel of the kingdom. So again, how has the kingdom of God advanced in your life? How has the kingdom of God advanced in your life today? The kingdom of God breaks through in us 
emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Perhaps God came through in a way that was impossible. There's just no way. But God made a way. That's the kingdom breaking in. Perhaps you were healed. Whether it's naturally or supernaturally, listen, you were healed. That's the kingdom of God breaking in. Perhaps you were set free from a fear that had gripped you for years. Suddenly, there's no sting. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So suddenly that grip, that fear, that fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, whatever it might be, the fear, the fear is suddenly broken in Jesus' name. Listen, listen, that is the kingdom of God breaking into your life, setting you free from the bondage to fear. That's not from God. It's one of the biggest things that holds God's people back is fear. So how is the kingdom breaking in your life? Church, let us seek first the kingdom of God. There's a reason why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. Because it continues to advance. We continue to discover it and we continue to advance it by heralding the good news of what God has done. And it continues to change circumstances around us, people who hear the news, something happens in them too. So let's seek first the kingdom. Let God give us something new to sing about, to shout about, and to proclaim. Let us be a church that cannot help but proclaim the good news that God's kingdom is here. It's active now, breaking the curse of sin and death today. In Jesus' name, let's pray. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And the Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of men your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. 
Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Hallelujah. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Lord, would you hear our prayer, the cry of our hearts, the prayer in Psalm 145. May this be the song in our hearts forever that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, at Trinity, in Kitchener, in Waterloo, in this region, in our neighborhoods, in our lives, in our families. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Hopefully the weather gets a bit better this week.